Welcome, flower friends, to the Local Flowers Podcast, where you'll fall in love with local seasonal blooms even more by hearing the stories from flower farmers new and experienced. I'm your host, Rochelle, from Freckled Bloom Flower Farm. Welcome. Welcome, friends, to week 13's farm recap. So the weather has not yet turned yet, although we're in spring, and technically today, as I'm recording this on the 1st of April, April Fools, no fooling around here, technically today, if I enter my zip code into the Farmer's Almanac, Today would have been my last frost date for the season, but we woke up this morning to a dusting of snow, So, and it's still just been super chilly. We've had a few really lovely days, in which case I got out and just enjoyed the sunshine and slowly started planting out my lisianthus because they can take this. Last year, in mid-April, we actually had some snow, and I had already planted out my lisianthus and I was so worried that I would lose them, but they came through no problem. But anyways, going back to the weather, this wouldn't be a flower farming podcast if I didn't gripe about the weather. I would say that one, I am definitely in a microclimate, that I'm not in an 8B. I am much, much cooler. I don't even know. And these whole like zones, as I've been flower farming, like I just don't get it. Folks in the south can be in like a 7B, but then been trying to think about if I align more with a 7, but yet they're already have blooms and I do not so I'm gonna have to dig deeper into this whole zoning thing to really understand it as I've been flower farming it makes absolutely no sense to me and this is where I know I've said it a gazillion times so you're hearing it again is you really really gotta get connected with your space your weather and this is where just making notes and tracking on the weather and the conditions on your place is gonna be better than any almanac can tell you and then just ask your neighbors have a conversation about what is it been like. For those folks that have been in your neighborhood for a long period of time, just ask them. Ask them what the weather has done over the last like 10 years. But specifically, let's talk about the last three because I definitely feel for me since I've been flower farming and really paying much more attention to the weather that the last three years, spring or excuse me, winter, (laughs) has decided to hang on into May and our summers are stretching into what we would call fall. So yeah, this is just a lesson that you will only know your space and no zone or nobody on a Facebook group or whatever can tell you what to do because you're going to know what's best. So as I mentioned, I'm moving all of what can stand the cold out of my house. And I'm going to start sanitizing and starting my warm summer annuals. And I know I talked about this in last week's recap, but the temperatures just don't have me moving very fast because they're just not warm. And I don't want to start all those precious seeds and then just sit there and watch them languish. So I do have on my list today that I'm at least going to get started, but I'm 
I'm also, I totally slept in this morning and I've just been, it's really dreary here today. And so I've just kind of been soaking up some of these lazier, crappy weather days. I know I've been kind of griping about them, but before it gets rolling big time, it is kind of nice to just enjoy those last few days of pure bliss of sleeping in and enjoying just relaxing. So as I mentioned, I started planting my Lysianthus. It's going to take me a while and I'm not in any big hurry because it can still grow on in the trays. But let me tell you what, I have been so impressed with my soil. As I started really kind of digging into it this week and planting the Lysianthus, I was seeing all the bugs. The worms were galore, roly polies and just all little kinds of critters that I couldn't even identify. It was super lush, which made me super excited because so we have a Japanese maple on our property that was planted by the farm's previous owner. It's got to be like 60 plus years old, this Japanese maple. And my husband is going to be building a shop where it is located. So I was adamant that we were going to try to save that versus just tossing it. And not only to just enjoy its beauty and its history, but to honor our friend Red that owned this property before us. So we got it dug professionally. It got moved and I um, probably shouldn't have, but I did, planted her. And uh, now we kind of sit and watch as she hopefully rebounds and will thrive in her new location. But in the location where she's planted is right next to our Christmas trees in our clay-like soil. And that stuff was just hard as a rock as I was trying to like break it up. Plus it's been snowed on and also rained on. So it was like super hard and just clay-like. So having that experience trying to bury the tree and then jumping over to my flower field um, where I'm digging in my compost mix of a bed and just it being lovely and lush I was just actually like really proud of myself. I know I've mentioned before I come from a family of very conventional farmers which I love them to death and there's a place for all of us in this world but I was the topic of conversation and the jokes on the block. Let me tell you what, I'm sure people as they've drove by and saw me hauling all this compost have been questioning what the hell I'm doing. But you know what? There's a purpose. And as I was planting my Lysianthus, I just proved to myself that I was right. I really think this year is going to be a great year. As last year, I did really work on kind of the soil health. I uh, decided I would do no-till and I added the compost in the fall as an amendment to the bed and then I also attempted to plant a cover crop. It wasn't lush and beautiful but I think it served its purpose and I'm now trying to terminate it with just a simple tarp. Another reason why I think folks drive by and they're like what the heck is she doing? But this is where I've really tried to share my journey on my social media so that folks see this newer way of farming and really connect with not only my flowers, but this farm and the future that I'm trying to encourage. So enough about the winter weather and the soils, and let's move on to talking about hellebores. So I made my son an arrangement for his 
12th birthday, and you bet yourself I went and delivered him flowers, and it was so cute to watch him walk down the stairs with his bouquet at the end of the day, and he just laughed at me, and he said, Mom, I know you really love me. And I was like, you're right, Tucker, and I don't care how old you get, and you may be a boy, but I will always send you flowers, buddy. Anyways, I had made his flower arrangement with hellebores that I had in bloom, and I did some foraging in the forest with some greens, some ferns, and oh my goodness, that arrangement has held up. It's going on week three since I harvested those greens and the hellebores, and I now have condensed it into a bud vase, but those hellebores are still going strong and beautiful, and I know there's been a lot of controversy with hellebores and people just don't understanding, like they get them and they flop, but the secret sauce is you really got to cut up that stem and let it hydrate and yeah just been super impressed by uh, the hellebore as a flower it's always been one of my favorites but as I've been experimenting more with it in arrangements I love it even more the Easter weekend is coming up so we moved our roadside stand from the road because we were doing Christmas tree harvest and we had to have semis come in here and so we just moved it back and it just felt like so good to just see it back there and just I'm eager to get starting selling flowers again but this weather has just been so cool and we've had bursts of sunny days warm days but nothing to really get stuff going in a serious way so I'm staring at tulips that are just like emerging and my specialty daffs as well and Easter's next weekend and Boy, would I love to have my opening weekend be next weekend, but I'm just going to be patient and wait and see. Uh, We will be experiencing some nicer days next week, so I'm hoping, there's crossing my fingers, that the flowers will come alive and I can sell some flowers at the Easter Day holiday. Well, in addition to just like slowly getting bare roots planted, I was finally able to get in the soil after having snow and I got, I had ordered some more peonies so I got them planted some still bee that I had ordered um, and I'm really actually making a list of more perennials that I want to add to the farm because oh my gosh they're just so much easier than um, seeding annuals every single year so I haven't beat myself up too badly about not accomplishing this huge to-do list I've been really taking my time with just the stuff that I can do plus I'm still nursing an injured knee so I'm taking it as easy as I can for when I need to gear up but I've also been spending a lot of time behind the computer I've got a Mother's Day event. I'm planning for my Freckled Bloom Flower Club, which is just a fancy term for my CSA. And so I've been planning that. I've also been working on some marketing, our local Facebook group. So I'm sure y'all probably have like a neighborhood watch or whatever you would call it, local group. I find that it's got a pretty big following. So posting to it has really uh, drew in some new customers for me, but also it's growing and you see more drama posts on it. So I have found that I need to post not too much, but more often so my posts don't get 
buried within the feed. And so I decided that I would do a Mother's Day giveaway and really directing folks to my website to fill out my contact me form. I'm really driving local people versus folks that may be following me that aren't local and so I've definitely pushed that message a couple times and I will continue to do that clear until the Mother's Day weekend but I have found that it's drew in some customers like their names do not look familiar to me and I live in a small town so just an idea for folks out there that you know We think by just posting stuff on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media outlet that you're using is going to get us customers, but not necessarily the case. And yeah, I've really been just over the last year trying to figure out what my social media strategy is, what tools actually bringing me customers and how I get creative with just pushing out my message and getting some new folks to come and visit my page and get to know me because our community is really growing which is great but it's even harder for me to get to know these folks and introduce myself so I am super excited about getting more flowers because this year I definitely plan on doing more pop-ups in town and partnerships which leads me to I had the most wonderful coffee date this last Wednesday with an old colleague and it was such a great conversation One, because we both experienced the layoff together, so I was able to really talk to her and, you know, her totally 100% relate with all that I've been going through, and she is a business owner herself. So being able to have that conversation just about all the experiences and trials and tribulations that we've been through, and then just looking at this new chapter in our life where we're more interested in growing our own businesses and the success stories that are ours versus working kind of in the corporate world. It was really great to have that conversation with her. And I'm just going to encourage you to get out there and get to know some of the small businesses within your community and maybe try to better connect with them. Go out for dinner, go out for drinks, have a coffee date with them, even if they're totally not in your industry. But having these conversations about just being a small business business owner or business owner in general with somebody else that's going through a lot of these times with you is so helpful. Anyway, sorry I digress. That conversation was just so great that it really got me thinking about how I should do that more. But, you know, as I was talking with her, not only just talking about, you know, what it looks like growing business in a small community in a time in which money is still tight for families, how we pivot and be successful in selling our products. It's just another example of it's really easy to kind of get stuck in our social groups, i.e. be stuck on social media and think that, you know, said group is going to help me be creative. But there's also other resources out there. And I'm just going to encourage you to reach out with your community. Find different groups that you can have a talk with. Say the local high school. I'm going to be doing a job fair here in June, which I'm super excited about because number one, I want 
these kids to know that, you know, there are other occupations outside of the typical norms. Like, I remember going to school and, you know, there always being that focus on being a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, you know, those traditional occupations where there's such a huge array of different jobs that you just would never know about unless you have a direct connection or relationships with. And so, I am really excited about the job fair because I want to show that female farmers are here and they can be successful. And being a small business owner is a path as well. But like I said, those conversations open up doors to maybe new opportunities to not only share your story with your direct community, but build a whole new target audience. I've been really thinking about this as our prom season is slowly approaching us, how I get in front of some of those younger kids. And I'm not going to go on TikTok. I refuse I swear I just I as it is doing Instagram is enough in itself but how do I get in front of the younger generation so that not only they want to purchase flowers they're still purchasers that I also inspire them to think differently themselves so just some thoughts it's been a really good week I will not lie I feel like I'm progressing It will feel so much better when I have flowers. I picked my first few specialty daffodils, put them in a bud vase next to my bed, and I did a post on this. Every week I clean my house and I top off the job with fresh flowers. And even as a flower farmer, I know we deal with so many blooms that it oftentimes we don't decorate our houses with flowers I'm going to encourage you to do that even if it's making one extra market bouquet and then putting it in your house like you should be doing that number one because you get to test the vase life of that market bouquet so when folks come back with feedback you can say well I treated mine like this and it's okay but also just you gotta be able to experience the flowers yourself like we fell in love with this job because of the flowers you gotta enjoy them too so those few daffodils sitting next to my bedside table have been so loved I've just fully enjoyed them and don't forget to smell the flowers and enjoy them for yourself too well folks I hope you have a great week 14 coming up It's flying by. We are entering the busy seasons. I'm just sending my thoughts your way, and I hope you have an excellent week. Take care, my friends. This is your weekly flower fun fact from one of the freckled bloom flower kids. There is no ice on the ice plant. The ice plant got its name because the flowers and leaves seem to shimmer like they are covered in frost. Thank you, Dr. Alan Armitage, for my flower fun fact. Thank you for listening. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for joining in to the conversation. And together, all boats will rise and local flowers will be blooming fabulous in all of our communities. So if you are a fellow flower farmer that want to join in on the conversation, please reach out to us to get you scheduled for a podcast episode. And if you're just listening in and enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, your family, and everybody you know. We really appreciate it. Thank you.